from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. To Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in sunny Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we have the dream team in studio, Michelle Stucker and Dion Simpkins, woohoo, who I'm certain you'll be hearing from throughout the show because we have lots of, of fun quizzes and all of that great stuff that. We love to interact about. So, okay, here is the question of the day. Would it be illegal if a recruiter asked, how old are you? Hmm, don't know. We're going to answer that question and many more on today's show. So if you're by phone, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern time, we're live and we're taking your calls right now at 844-WARDEN. That's 844-942-7866. Would it be illegal if a recruiter asked, how old are you? So here's the deal. For those 55 and older, it takes about a year on average to find work, longer than any other age group. And AARP survey unemployed baby survey of unemployed baby boomers said almost half believed that it was age discrimination at play. So today's show is dedicated to how you can stomp that out. If you're a job seeker 40 and over, today we're going to have lots of great tips for you, resources. And if you have a great tip or resource, you can also call in 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 to help us with this topic. We welcome back Robin Ryan. Robin is the author of seven career books, including 60 Seconds and You're Hired and Over 40 and You're Hired. She's been a career counselor for over 20 years and has appeared on numerous TV and radio shows, including CNN and NPR. Robin is based in Seattle and has a busy career coaching practice she serves clients all over the country. If you want to learn more about Robin, you can go to her website, RobinRyan.com. Welcome back to Career Talk, Robin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, so this is an interesting topic. So the, the opening question of the day is, would it be illegal if a recruiter asked, how old are you? So I'm, I'm going to have to pitch that to Dion because he's my favorite go-to guy. Illegal? Illegal. I'm going to say yes. For them to ask. Michelle? So Michelle's putting on her headset. She wasn't ready for the so for sorry, question so ready. early in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting my show notes up just for the listeners that don't know. Um, I'm going to say I'm just going to be contrary to Dion. I'm going to say no. All right. That's usually the right way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm right. So surprisingly, it is not illegal. I just can't win. You can't, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had that one. Here's the thing. It should be. It should be. It's not good practice to obviously ask somebody their age because what is illegal is basing a decision, a hiring decision or promotion decision or any of those things on age, but it's not illegal to ask. So um, today we're going to be talking about that and, and specifically age bias, not only in the job search, but also in the workplace, and tips, ideas, resources, and ways to get beyond this. Because even though we we there are laws in place, what we know is that it's very difficult to prove. So, so Robin, what inspired you to write this book, Over 40 and You're Hired? I, I was talking to my editor. We were talking about 60 Seconds, and she said, do you want to answer the franchise? And I, in, in that conversation, somehow she said, well, what group? And I said, well, you know, those over 40. And she goes, we could do over 40. And I said, like, over 40 and you're hired. And, and uh, she says, write me up a sheet. So I sat down and I wrote up a, a sheet of what it would contain and based it on classes that I taught. And there was the beginning of an idea that later became this book. Mm -hmm. And in this book, there are a lot of great tips in terms of what you can do. And we're going to be talking about those through the show. But it's interesting, as I was reading yesterday, um, one of the things that, that came up on my feed was that Allure magazine this summer vowed to cease the term anti-aging. And they're, they're embracing the fact that growing older should be celebrated. But surprisingly, there's been a lot of pushback in the media over Dior choosing 25-year-old actress Cara Delevingne as her spokesmodel for Capture Youth, which is their 
anti-aging line for a better for lack of a better word so okay, we all understand that yeah so i mean what are your thoughts on that robin I, I, it it's ridiculous marketing in my opinion because uh when anybody looks at it they know that number this is a, a very young skin it's not a mature skin and i think the marketplace thinks that anybody over the age of 40 stopped buying cosmetic products, which is not true. A lot of us buy many, many anti-aging serums and lotions, but uh, a mistake like that by Dior, you're not going to capture that market that you want. It's going to go to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it's, it, yeah, that'd be great if their products made us look like Cara Delevingne, but that's not going to happen. But this is, and the reason I bring this up is because as I was looking into this topic a little bit more, I was trying to find where is this, this kind of bias perpetuating from like what's going on and I think if you look in the media there's a there's a lot of uh you know even on tv there's you know people who are playing older uh characters are actually 20 years younger than those characters so I mean it's in Hollywood it's everywhere about we you know we we kind of are are taught to embrace the energy and, and youth and all of this and so of course this is going to seep into every place including the workplace so the question is, and I, I really took a look at this, is am I age biased as well? And so if you're out there thinking, hey, am I age biased? And no, no, I couldn't possibly be. Here, here are some ways to know if you are. So think about being in the workplace. Have you ever said to somebody, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Michelle and Dion on this one. <laughs> when I'm your age, I hope I'm in good a shape as you are. Oh, that's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> Anything what you add, it's like like fortune cookies. Anything you add, like <laughs> your age to, <laughs> is pretty much an insult. Or or she looks great for her age. I hate that line. I hate that line too. So I mean, I have said it before. I'm going to be really honest. Like I've said that sentence before, and it's it's almost like you're saying it because that's what's in your head, and then you cringe because you realize. That's definitely not a great thing to say. <laughs> but I think that's the point is that it's in our head and we, we don't even know right. that we're doing this. I mean, another thing is if you're if you're listening and you're wondering, hey, am I am I age biased? Um, do you assume that, for example, people who are older in the in the office don't want to go to happy hour? So have you ever not invited somebody to a work event or paintball or whatever it is your office does because you assume they're just going to say no. Um, do you assume they, they might not get cultural references? So do you assume that pe- you might say, oh, I, you probably don't understand that, or you probably don't watch that show, or you probably don't use that social media app? Uh, I mean, yeah. So, so Robin, do you see this in, in, with your clients? You know, you see it all the time that um, employers are saying it, recruiters are saying it, even HR folks are saying it, and Mm-hmm. Managers say it because a lot of times managers are younger and they don't even think to include somebody who might be uh, – the millennials just assume that the boomer person isn't going to come because they kind of think of the boomer person as their parent mm-hmm. or their grandparent, which is even worse. Yeah, I, I it's it's interesting to me because there's a, as I was going through these um, these different types. I mean, another one that came up was having a conversation and somebody asks you, when are you planning to retire? Now – I've actually never said that to somebody, but I'm I'm quite certain if I think back that I've I've probably said something similar, like "Oh, you'll be retired by then" or something to that nature. When in in essence, like it's it is it's in your head, as Michelle said, but it it probably shouldn't come out of your mouth. That being said, the fact that it's even in your head and all of our heads, it means that we are likely making these decisions with these unconscious biases. So, for those of you who are listening to this and saying, "Hmm, still not sure," there's a really cool thing that uh, Harvard has done called Project Implicit, and what this does, it's a variety of these tests that measure your bias in a variety of areas, including like age, race, religion, weight, politics, weapons, gender, all of these different things. It's free. And if you go to implicit.harvard.edu, 
you can you can pick one of these assessments and it kind of goes through these tests. And the benefit is that Harvard gets the data and you can choose to fill in your personal information or not. But the cool thing is, is you get you get to start to see where you might be biased. And I think this is kind of step one to changing this, Robin, which is it's it's not about just talking about older workers and how they can change to meet the workplace uh, expectations or biases. But it's, it's about changing the bias altogether that that we have come to know, whether it's based on things we see in the media, things we see in magazines. I mean, Cara Delevingne being the the spokesmodel for anti-aging, I mean, it perpetuates this. So I think this is a great place to go, Project Implicit. So if you're not sure, try it out. Hey, if you're just tuning in, we are here with Robin Ryan, and we are taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And today we're talking about age bias and how to stomp it out um, in the workplace, in the job search. Um, and in the world, why not go big? 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So, so let's talk a little bit about in the workplace, Robin. Um, how can you guard against some of the passive-aggressive actions that are done in the workplace? So, for example, some of the things I've heard from older workers is that the, the less qualified or the younger guy got the promotion. Um, and what do you do in that situation? Well, I think that the first thing is is you got to analyze why that position went to that person. Sit down with your boss or the person who made the decision and say, you know, I'm interested in getting promoted. Can we talk about what's lacking in my skill set? Don't just assume that, that you had everything and they just passed you by. Um, and by the answers that you get, you'll be able to determine if, age is really the biased and you're not going to move up anymore or if you are missing something that you need to go get because it's possible that you are missing something maybe you don't have the right computer skills or you didn't have the right leadership skills or something that you can train for and add to the bailiwick Uh, a lot of people that are older stop learning and that's a fatal career move so the one of the keys to prevent getting to there is to not stop learning. So so talk a little bit about that, Robin. Obviously, that's going to be different depending on your industry or function. But what are some of the things as you work with clients um, that you tell them to, to do to keep expanding their knowledge and growing? Well, I, I talk to people, especially if they're in an industry that might be uh, changing or they're in an industry that um, as the workers get older, like a lot of times as engineers get older, um, they hit 50 or tech people hit 50 and then all of a sudden it's like the jobs dry up, that you've got to remain vital. That means taking classes. That means going to associations, making presentations, maybe writing an article, um, working on committees that are of, of vital concern to the company and volunteering for those kinds of things. So in other words, really taking initiative, having a little of that fire that you had when you were in your 30s, when the career was growing, you know, you can't just rest on your laurels. Um, life sometimes get in, gets in the way, uh, but you got to be careful because if you lose your job, and it, it's going to take you probably, like you said, a whole year to find a new one. Um, and in that time frame, you'll see massive amounts of people going back to the community college and four-year schools to get added skills, new skills, to update their skills so that they can find a new position. I want to talk about the the school thing in just a minute, but hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Robin Ryan, who is the author of Over 40 and You're Hired. And we're talking about age bias in the workplace and in the job search. And if you have a story or tip or you have a question, we'd love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. Or maybe you're an employer and you're struggling with this from the employer side. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. So, so talking about the school thing, you know, one of the things I hear from um, clients who are older is that they didn't finish their, their bachelor's degree because at the time it wasn't as necessary. And now they find they hit this wall 
because they don't have it and and they have a ton of experience but they can't get to the next level because the company is saying well we only promote to to a, a vice president if you have this degree now these people have worked for 25 years have amazing accomplishments have produced so much how do you get around this i mean do, do you have to go back what do you do well it's wise to take into consideration what people are saying to you if you're hitting roadblocks pay attention to that look at did you have any college? Have you, can you pursue and finish a degree? I mean, there's so many programs available. A lot of the state universities have online learning where you're not going to have to invest a large amount of money, and many companies will oftentimes reimburse you for the tuition. So the first thing is look at where you're at and see, can I you know, work towards completing my degree? The second thing is I see a lot of people getting blocked because of this. And one of the things when you ask them, well, why didn't you over the last 25 or 30 years, you know, take some classes and work towards a degree? Well, I didn't need it. I was moving up. Um, and then I, I got a job and I just kind of stayed there. And, you know, we had kids and we were busy. And, and, and you understand that. But marketability, Don, is what we have to talk about. And if you're thinking about the future, you want to prepare yourself the jobs are going to require that degree to get to the next level, then you've got to figure out how you can do it. Best way to do that is go to the local college and sit down with an advisor and have them outline for you what would it take for you to finish a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so understanding what you would need to get that done. It's interesting because this topic came up recently. Uh, Nick Corcadelius, who is AKA Ask the Headhunter, wrote in a blog on that this week um, and talked about some of the strategies for online education and uh, ways you can get your degree if that's really what's the, the block. And I think you mentioned this earlier too, which is don't assume. I mean, is that really what the block is or is there more than that because obviously you want to make sure you're addressing the root problem but yeah so so I agree is that you need to look at these things and the cool thing about this is that there are so many accredited online low-cost universities that can check the box if that's truly what's blocking you at your current job. Hey, 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. What is your thoughts if you're listening to this conversation about needing a degree to progress in your company, even if you've accomplished a number of great things? 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. So you talked also, Robin, about tech companies. So I was doing some research for this show and I mean, there is inherent age bias in tech companies, and and there's this list out there of the median employee age at some of these top companies. So Facebook, the median age is 28, LinkedIn 29, Salesforce 29, Google 30, Amazon 31, Apple 31. So I mean, when you look at the numbers in in the tech industry, th- this is this is real. The data is there. So what so what are your thoughts on this? Well, living in Seattle, you're surrounded by tech people. And, we're, and we've got two, two companies here, Amazon and Microsoft. And the age in Microsoft has gotten a lot older. And so they are much more accepting of the older population and um, will hire people that are older. Now, I have worked with a client that was over 50, and he was a programmer and got a great job at Amazon. You know, And everybody was like, how did that happen? <laughs> um, so part of it is if you have the skill set that they need. Um, but the second thing is tech was born of creative people, high energy, willing to work a lot of hours. And as people get older, especially when they hit age 50, they don't want to work 75 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of what happens is self uh limiting plateaus. You know, I don't want to work that many hours. I don't want to travel that much. I don't want to do this. Because I start hearing a lot of I don't want to's. And the more I don't want to's, the more limiting it is in terms of the opportunity. Um, The tech industry thrives on young people and their creativity and their new innovative ideas. So as long as you're innovative, no matter what your age is, you're going to be of value to them. But um, making them see it might be a different thing. Yeah. So according to the list, um, it, it let's see, Microsoft average age is thirty three, so it's a little bit better than uh, Facebook, yeah. <laughs> but but not so great. But to your point, 
there is a very cool program that I came across, uh, AARP Employer Pledge Program, that over 460 employers have signed this pledge, which and then publicly stating that they value the experience of workers at all ages. And I mean, these are big companies, American Red Cross, Apple, AT&T, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Comcast, Google, Kimberly Clark, Lowe's, LinkedIn, Merck, Nestle, Toys R Us, Vanguard, Wells Fargo. I mean, that's just a few of the companies. I mean, they're obviously 460, but I encourage people to go look that up. It's called the AARP, AARP Employer Pledge Program, um, because I think, too, as you were talking about, like one of the things when you're planning your job search is to look for cultures, and this is anybody of any age, but look for cultures that are a good fit for you. That's correct. And, and, you know, a lot of times you're going to find out about those, those cultures by talking to other people and networking. It, networking is such an important, critical skill, and many people forget it. I think there's a lot of, of people that realize how valuable it is. But when we get complacent in the job, you know, we only think we network when it's time to job hunt. And that's not true. You should be a good networker your entire career. My favorite word. Yes, you should. And I always tell people the answer to the question, you know, are you looking for a job should 100 percent of the time be yes. <laughs> 100 percent of the time. Not that you you may not be be in an active job search, but you should always be keeping your, your ears and eyes open to opportunities that might be a good fit. If not now, maybe a year from now or maybe, you know, just preparing if you know your company's merging or, or things are kind of stewing behind the scenes and you may be in a situation where you're laid off or you you get merged and you don't like your new job. You should always, always be aware of, one, what's out there in the market, two, how you're qualified for it, and three, how your network can get you connected to it. So the answer to are you looking is always yes. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Robin Ryan, the um, the author of Over 40 and You're Hired. And your website is robinryan.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-R-Y-A-N.com. And Robin takes clients all over the U.S. So do check that out. So um, according to a study by PwC, uh, there are a number of countries that are are best in terms of relative employment earnings and training rates for workers 55 and over. Dion. Kyle, what's, it, where, where, what's in the top five? Give me one of the countries in the top five who are, you know, best in terms of relative employment for workers 55 and over. This is not the pre-break <laughs> quiz, by the way. It's just, it's just a fun quiz. I just know I'm going to get it wrong. There's, you have five like, choices. What, 156 countries? Yeah, 193. Well, that was close. How did you know that? <laughs> We talked about that recently on this show. Yeah, we had uh, our, our oh. side hustle guy, uh, Chris Gillibo. <laughs> <laughs> you may have been out that day. No, I was here. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I was it. here. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Canada. No. Our, our friends to the north. No. Well, they're not, but they should be. <laughs> they should be. They should be. Michelle? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to just say France. Nope, not in the top five. Oh. Join okay. the club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robin, you have a guess? Sweden? Yes. Oh. Yes. Well, wow. well, okay, in all fairness, Robin wrote a book on this, so. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's a lucky guess, I'll tell you. So, that. yeah. Number one is Iceland. Um, New Zealand, Sweden, Israel, Norway. U.S. was seventh, which I guess is not terrible. We made the top ten. We're but close. Yeah, I guess one strategy might be to, you know. Go work abroad. But uh, <laughs> if you're just tuning in, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866, or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. So we're talking about age bias in the workplace. And, you know, here's one that, that kind of, Robin, you, you alluded to when you said, I don't want to, I don't want to. But, and this doesn't just apply to age, but what if you're, like, a single worker and you're, like, very gung-ho and you're working around the clock and then you have somebody else who's who's either older or maybe they're a parent or they just value their work-life balance and they don't want to they don't want to work that hard how do you deal with a situation like that when you're think about this though if you're the manager 
right? Let's put our manager hat on. You're the manager. What you're going to see is what you're going to see is oh, that person's kind of past their prime. You know, they don't they don't do anything extra. So they're not going to get the plum assignments. They're not going to get any opportunities probably to do things that are going to be creative. They're not going to be seen in the eyes of upper management. The person that's taking initiative and showing how they um, can really make a contribution. Now, you can make a contribution without working 90 hours a week. You can make a contribution without working, you know, 50 hours a week. In 40 hours, you can be highly creative and highly contributory. Um, it depends on how you use your time at work. So, um, but look at it from an employer's eyes, and they are always going to favor the people that are, you know, growing their career because they're the ones that have the, the fire in the belly, so to speak, you know, so that they'll keep taking on the tasks. That said, I see a lot of people over 50 that have had amazing careers, and they still have that passion, and that's why they get hired. So one of the things that I recently um, wrote about in my blog was sponsorship and the idea about having a sponsor. And this is important. Again, this is this is across ages, but somebody who can be speaking on your behalf in meetings that maybe you're not even a part of. Maybe they're making career decisions or, or departmental decisions and you're not at a level to be in the room. Um, and and I, I think that people tend to think about this sponsorship idea or mentor for for younger workers who are kind of you know, moving up the ladder. But I, I think this is actually a great idea for anyone. And I feel like this, no matter what your age, having somebody who is influential, whether that's a positional power or authority authority type power, or it's just somebody who is has been with the organization a long time and has a lot of influence, I think finding a sponsor is, is key to everybody's career. How, how does that play in, do you think, for the, the over 40 worker? Remember, having a sponsor, having a mentor, um, someone that sees you and nurtures you and passes along insider information, um, it's, it's really key because you want to be working on things that are a part of the future. You want to be doing and making a contribution where you might get noticed. Let's say you work in HR, and, you know, a lot of times management isn't like, we have to have HR, but they don't see him as a big strategic partner. You want to make sure that you demonstrate that you are a strategic partner, that someone that they should listen to and advise. And the best way to do that is to get someone who's um, maybe in another department, who's above you, that talks about you and talks about your concerns in meetings. So how you nurture those relationships is, you know, go to functions, anything that has interaction, networking, uh, after uh, somebody's made a presentation, go up to them. Talk about what they've said. Ask them if they could have coffee and discuss it. That's how you develop relationships, and that's how you're going to develop a sponsor, someone who knows you and knows what you're about. Yeah, and I, I kind of look at it like an agent, like having somebody or an yeah. ambassador who's like on your side when those decisions are being made. Because there's a great quote from um, from a VP, I think, at Morgan Stanley, who's like, you know, most of the career decisions are made while you're not in the room. And that kind of struck me very hard because it, it really is true. A lot of people who are, are at the strategic table making decisions about the departments and, and how the strategy is going to look five years from now, and they're thinking about who are the key players and who are we going to move into different positions and what's our succession plan. Those decisions are being made a lot of times while we, the people who are the maybe pawns in that, are not in the room. And you start to think, wow, if somebody isn't in that room understanding what my skills are, what my contributions are, and how I can be a part of this, then I'm not even being considered. And and that's a scary thought that most decisions about your career are being made when you're not in the room. Think about that. Get a sponsor. It will help. Hey, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 111. This is Career Talk, and we're going to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? So... This week, here is the quiz question. You are 12% less likely to die within a month of surgery if your surgeon has this. 
You are 12%, and that's an important 12% in this situation, less likely to die within a month of surgery if your surgeon has this. Think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Bram. Welcome back to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with the Dream Team and Robin Ryan, who is the author of Over 40 and You're Hired. Um, and we're talking about age bias today on Sirius XM, Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So, hey, if you're experiencing this, what's helped? Or maybe you have a question because you have an interview coming up. Love to hear from you, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. And be sure to follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com. So, so Robin, this is an interesting question. Um, we're talking a lot about the I don't do this, I don't do this. So let's kind of switch over to the job search and talk about the job search portion because we've been talking about in the workplace. Um, one of my first and foremost tips, and this again, spans all ages is that you cannot say anymore i don't do social media it is absolutely <laughs> not you you can't not do it yeah that's right um a lot of employers use social media because you know if they have especially if they have millennials they give assignments through social media they have a face like an inner facebook work group and they assign things and they talk about outside events and inside events i mean you have to be savvy and it's not just Facebook. People do Instagram. They do Snapchat. Um, you know, you have to you have to stay up on technology if it's being used in the workplace. The other thing is the newest thing that drives the boomers crazy is managing by email. They don't like it. They're not used to it. But that's how um, younger managers, particularly, want to manage. What do you mean by managing by email, Robin? mean you send out uh you don't go into their desk and sit down and talk to them about something you send them an email about it and everything's done through email uh you've got to be on top of your email because your boss is giving you feedback or telling you things you had to do or telling you things you have to improve um you're getting new assignments that way it's not conversations it's not the water cooler kind of is going away people aren't sitting there talking they do all kinds of things, but they use email to communicate, and that means you've got to have really good writing skills because you've got to clearly be able to tell other people what it is you want them to do if you're a manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always thought that was just an introvert thing. It's like, yeah, you're next door, but I'm just going to shoot you an email because <laughs> <Not anymore. laughs> it's less energy for me. But yeah, we were talking at Knowledge at Wharton, the show that's on uh, prior to this, we were talking about texting and using that as an interview format and and, I mean I think that's a horrible idea for many reasons but there are some companies who are starting to embrace that that we're just gonna do all this over text Um, so here's my question LinkedIn is something we talk about a lot on this show and I do think if you're in the workplace a career or any stage of your life that's related to to a vocation or job you need to be on LinkedIn but but then we get into Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and I have to say I my philosophy is I pick three and three is as far as I'm going and and usually they're I mean I'm not doing Snapchat I'm not doing all these things I mean how important is it to be on all of these different things I pick two and I do Facebook and LinkedIn those are the two prominent ones I think the most important one though is LinkedIn if you're looking for a job you need a really good profile and you talk about this all the time and yet I'll get clients and I look at their profile. There's no picture. There's no identity because they don't even, they may have just had the job title and that's all. They don't realize recruiters now are actively on LinkedIn because they know talent is working and they've got to really scour the websites the social media website so that they can find you. So interestingly, and I agree with you, I know there's a ton of statistics out there that your your profile is going to get looked at 14 times 
more if you have a photo and you should have a photo. Right. And the the original concern was that you're not like a bot out there collecting information or spamming people. But now I think the challenge is, you know, for the over 40 population. And before I finish this thought, hey, I have a question for the listeners out there. Do you think it's 40? Do you think that's where the age bias begins? Do you think it's 50? Do you think it's 60? What What do you guys think? Because I, I think the the laws in this country talk about 40 being the the kind of cutoff and and where age discrimination starts but i'm not sure that it's 40 when when it comes to reality so hey if you've got a thought on on where that age bias starts 844 Wharton 844-942-7866 um you know but but back to the the thought that um we were talking about just a minute ago i i believe that a lot of uh, individuals don't put their photo on because it gives their age away. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, not only do you have to have a photo, it has to be a recent photo. Remember, it's supposed to be a networking tool. And people are networking with you based on how you look now. A smiling face with a plain background is always going to get more attention than um, particularly than nothing at all because they're going to think you're hiring uh, you're hiding something. Also, too, if you don't have a smiling face or you don't have a photo, they think you don't really care about your career and they're not going to be able to reach you, that you're not going to be someone that if they shoot an email through LinkedIn, you're ever going to see it. Because so, you may not have put your email up. So it's, it's very important to pay attention. Um, the, the other thing to keep in mind is you're, you look like you look, and we want to look as good as we can. But when we call you into the interview, we can't see a, a 25-year-old person's picture when you're really 45 years old. So you know, you've got to be careful about that. I tell all my clients, a recent picture, let's put it up, just make sure it's smiling. Yeah, unless you're, you're Cara Delevingne and advertising for Dior. Yeah anti-aging line. Uh, hey, 844-WORDEN, 844-942-7866. Hey, the question on the table, where does age bias begin? What have you experienced? Is it 40? Is it 50? Is it 60? Um, is it is it myth? Is it not happening? 844-WORDEN, 844-942-7866. So, so one of the things that's a common tip, um, and I believe this is in your book as well, is, is you know, not giving your your age away. So, so something that, that is commonplace now is, for example, not putting dates next to your education on your LinkedIn or your resume or not going back prior to 15, maybe 20 years on your resume or LinkedIn because there's no reason to, one, that that experience is probably irrelevant to what you're doing now, but two, it, it actually has the potential to be more damaging if people are kind of coming to this with an unconscious age bias. So what are some other things people who are in the job search can do to make this less uh, maybe maybe prominent in their application process, Robin? Well, I've got a comment about your degrees and taking off the dates. I hear from recruiters all the time that they hate that and for the reason that a lot of companies and organizations know that people lie about degrees and that you get vetted on that a lot. They will go back and um, they will search that college, that year, to see whether or not you really got the degree. Too many companies have been sadly surprised to find out you don't have the MBA you said you had or you don't have that architectural degree that you claimed. So that's the first thing. I, I'm going to comment on that because I agree with you, Robin. When I was a recruiter, that was my first thought is did they leave the date off because they weren't really finished with the degree? And we did do a background check, and chances are if you did get hired and – if not just your degree, but if you lied about your GPA, if you lied about any of that, you were out. So it, it wasn't a risk worth taking. But what I would say now, and if I have to be totally honest, I look for that number so that I can do the math. And oh, they do the math. For yeah, sure. and and so I mean, I do think that if you're if you're kind of toggling between, do I give the 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 date so that I prove I actually graduated, or I do, or you know, is it going to be more damaging? I'm going to lean on the side of don't give the date because it's going to be more damaging than helpful. Well, I. I'm, I'm on the other side. That's I that's that's awesome. We love when people have different opinions on this show. We, we love that, Robin. And, and, and the other thing that I think is really important is in the last 10 years, we better see some really prominent results that you've achieved. Your age falls by the wayside if I'm looking at recent current results. 
things that you've contributed. Did you save money? Did you make money? Did you create something new? What kind of innovation have you been responsible for? These are the things that recruiters are looking for, that employers want to know about. Um, you know, if you have two people next to each other, they could be the same age. One's resume looks pretty plain. It's just basically a job description. The other one's got, you know, under the job, they're listing bullets that say, you know, I reorganized our filing system and I saved the company 500 hours. I did this and the, you know, and the result was X and Y and Z. Very, very important to say, you know, what were your actions and what the results were, and that has to be current. Mm-hmm. Hey, 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. Hey, have you ever been in an interview and felt like they were judging you because of your age? If so, how did you know? 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. And we are talking all about... Um, age in the workplace and how it can and discrimination and decisions and unconscious bias and, and all of these things that happen that can impact your career. And we're here with Robin Ryan, the uh, author of Over 40 and You're Hired. And we're going to go ahead and answer the pre-break quiz. So the question on the table is you are 12% less likely to die within a month of surgery if your surgeon has this. And I'm I'm looking through the glass and I'm seeing Dion <laughs> thinking intently because he knows I'm coming to him first. Um, you're 12%, an important 12%. percentage, less likely to die within a month of surgery if your surgeon has this. I'm going to say glasses. Ooh, so, so they have poor eyesight, well, no, but they've no, corrected but, but it. They, but they've corrected it. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've corrected their eyesight to make it perfect 2020. <laughs> That's hilarious. Aren't you, like, not allowed to be a pilot or something um, if, if you're you, colorblind? Well, if you're colorblind, but I think if you don't have, like, 2020 vision, because what happens if you lose your glasses or they, <laughs> they fall off and, like, I'm doing heart surgery on Dion and I'm like, oh, my God, my glasses <laughs> fell in his... Stomach. That was an episode of Seinfeld. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. But it was a junior mint. It was a junior mint. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, my God. It, it isn't glasses. <laughs> it is an imperfect vision, uh, Dion. <laughs> but you've corrected your imperfect vision. It, well, it's good. If you're a surgeon, we definitely encourage you to correct your imperfect vision before surgery. So and Make sure you have a chain on your glasses. Yeah, so yeah. And off. a chain. <laughs> Or maybe one of those little headband thingies. There like, you go. Yeah. Or, or, or prescription goggles. There <laughs> we go. Like a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> Serious business. Prescription goggles, they, they actually magnify the area to make it easier for them to do intricate surgery. Yeah. See? Well, yeah, and that's not the answer, but <laughs> uh, Michelle. Um, um, perfect. No. Um, I'm going to say... At least 10 years experience. If your surgeon has this, 10 years of experience. Um, no, but that's also mm. a good thing. I was trying to go with the age thing. Like, Yeah, this it week it doesn't apply. Show, does I it? know. It's just like <laughs> I, I flip-flop on that. It actually, And it's a little bit tricky the way it's worded. Of course it is. Say, of course it is. <laughs> I know. That's not new either. I know. But you guys know that about me. Robin, do you have a guess? I have no guess. <laughs> All right. You are 12% less likely to die within a month of surgery if your surgeon has two X chromosomes. Yes, 12% less likely to die if your surgeon is a woman. That was my next guess. Yes. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) The University of Toronto looked at over 100,000. This is one of the biggest studies I've ever read about. Patients who had surgery between 2007 and 2015, controlling for factors like age and experience, um, so, Michelle, there's your 10 years, and found that fewer patients treated by women needed to be readmitted to the hospital or had other complications. The hypothesis was that women and men deliver care differently, and it could be a factor of the patient-centeredness or communication style. Now, we don't know why it is, but, hey, next time you have to go for surgery, you got a woman... 12% less likely to die. Good to know. Hey, we're going to go to Liz in Texas. Liz, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? 
Hi. My question is, you know, the age discrimination is definitely out there, and I would say that it is over the age of 50. But my question is, do we see this in other – you kind of mentioned this a bit, um, Robin. What about in Australia? Or what about in uh, Asia? Do we see the age discrimination as much as we do here in the United States? That's my question. Thank you. So, um, Robin, do you have any experience about looking at this in, in countries outside of the U.S. or particularly Asia or Australia? Um, I will tell you this, that, that their culture dictates, we'll, we'll use Asia as an example, their culture dictates how they um, employ. And typically in Asian countries, a person would start a job at a company and stay there until they actually retire. So... Um, they don't move around like we do in the States. They're not job hunters unless, for some reason, that industry goes under. So it's a real different kind of employment market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as we talked about earlier, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers did a study on this, and it, and it does look like there's some other countries who are doing better than us. Uh, New Zealand was one of them, not quite Australia, but, it well, I guess it is continental. Um, but... Yeah, so that's a really interesting question, Liz, on the table. And I I definitely agree with Robin that it depends on their hiring practices. I mean, we have one of the probably most, um, uh, what's the word I want to say? Like people move around a lot here, and that's not necessarily as common in other countries. So so the discrimination about going for a job is, is less likely or more likely here because of that. But really interesting point on the table. I'm going to have to look up. That more, Liz. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, you've got a question, 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. So we were talking about job search strategies. And Robin, I'm curious how you would recommend people respond to the you're overqualified, which is often code for um, you have more years of experience than (laughs) Then we wish to wish to engage here, which again age bias. So when this comes up in my classes, the first thing I say is, you need to take a, a real good look at are you overqualified for that job, and if you are, you better have a really good reason why you want to downgrade. And to say, well, I'm willing to start at the bottom and work their way up, they won't believe that because they interpret it to say, yeah, you'll be here two weeks and you'll be harping for my job. So um, the other piece of advice I give is look hard for jobs that you're qualified for. There aren't going to be as many. The higher up you go, the fewer number of jobs. The things to make yourself marketable, you have to consider relocation possibly. You want to make sure you do an excellent job on that cover letter and the resume that they're really attuned to that particular opening, that you're really putting the skills that you've got out there. Um, and if they're telling you you're overqualified and you keep hearing it, you're applying for the wrong jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't there an issue of, of worrying that you're going to cost too much? Oh, yeah. Um, because if we know we're only going to pay, let's just use a, a job that say it's going to pay 80000 and and you've got uh, much more experience, you probably were making a hundred thousand, and they know if you take a pay cut, you're going to be happy for about five minutes. You're mm-hmm. just looking for a job. You're going to be looking for a job on their dime, and so they get very worried. Um, one area, though, that I find that people can do is they say, you know, I'm changing my job because I travel so much, and I just don't want to travel that much anymore. I'm interested in being this. Maybe it's a sales rep now with a company as opposed to being the manager because as the manager, I was gone three weeks a month. And with the sales rep, I have a territory, but I'm going to come home at night, and that's why I want to make this change. You, you have to have a good reason. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111, Omar in California. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Omar? Um, so I'm 40 years old, and I'm... Uh, sort of taking over our our physician group. And we've been hiring sort of uh, young physicians straight out of residency. And recently we've uh, kind of changed that model a little bit. We are hiring sort of older physicians. So for us, older sort of means 55 and older. And one of the things that we figured out was that they are aligning very well with our millennials in terms of 
how many hours they want to work mm-hmm. and flexible sort of part-time schedules. But where we're having a real issue is the sort of culture, meaning, you know, I've done this for 30 years. I know how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it your way. Um, ah, whereas, right. or, you know, straight out of residency, they're a little more malleable. And I'm wondering, I missed the beginning. If you already spoke about this, I apologize. But I'm wondering, you know, is there a way to deal with that? Is there a way to sort of weed that out and or to bring them in in a way that uh, would be more appropriate um, to helping them align? Yeah, I think that's a concern of, of employers as well, is that, you know, in some ways, um, I think older workers are trained to talk about the, you know, I, I don't need my handheld, I bring all these skills, I can figure it out. But then there's the flip side of you're not as malleable to do it our company's way because you're sort of set in your ways. Robin, what's your response for Omar? Um, I see that a lot. That was one of the points that I made in the book because it, it's brought up a great deal by employers. And employers are getting savvy. They're starting to ask better questions. They're starting to ask questions that are situational that would reveal that, you know, I'm only going to do it my way. I'm not going to be uh, willing to be flexible or adaptable. And so asking good interview questions, Omar, that's going to make the difference because when you hear the responses, you can tell if somebody's flexible if they they demonstrate that on the job. And um, also, too, if they have an attitude that's like, you know, um, it's all, they, they don't want to learn anything new because they know they do it right and, and anybody else's ideas aren't going to be right. That's going to be somebody you're going to screen out. Yeah, and Omar, I'm assuming that, you know, just kind of uh, uh, doctors have a certain level of, of confidence and way of doing things, and that's right. sort of important to the job. So it's kind of like finding that balance between, um, you know, doing that and and as Robin was pointing out, saying, okay, how can you be flexible? So, Omar, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. That's a great question. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk. We have Robin Ryan, and we are talking about how age influences the job search, interviewing, the workplace, and we've we've gotten on to different countries and different cultures and, you know, so many different things. So, so Robin, as we're as we're wrapping up, what are kind of some of your, your quick, actionable tips that you can share with the audience about, about how to combat this? One thing that comes to mind that we haven't discussed is how you dress at work and how you present yourself. Um, I remember very distinctly a client said, you know, I send in my resume, the employer talks to me on the phone, they're all excited, and I walk in and they see me and they kind of, their face drops they realize I'm old. And I said, well, you know, how do you have a contemporary hairstyle? Um, Are you dressed in contemporary outfit? Meaning, you know, you look professional and are you engaging? Are you talking about your results? So one of my big things is pay attention to how you look and how you're presenting yourself to the employer. Um, and, And maybe you need a quote unquote, little makeover. Sometimes hair color is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, makeover, makeovers are always great. Just don't go to Dior. That's a, that's kind of that's what right. we talked about this hour. Hey, Robin, yeah, thank you so much. Them. It's been great having you on the show. Robin Ryan, that's her website.com. Over 40 and You're Hired is her book. And uh, we really loved having you. Michelle and Dion, you always make this show very fun. So a couple of kind of key takeaways we got from, from today. Hey, you're not sure if you are by Project Implicit. Go to implicit.harvard.edu. Take a test. See if uh, you may have some unconscious bias. Looking for employers who are... um have signed the pledge to publicly state that they value workers of all ages, go to AARP's Employer Pledge Program. There's a ton of companies on there. And hey, I think I think one of the other key points Robin made was don't make assumptions. Really dig in and understand the core root of the problem so that you can tackle it head on. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And we will see you next time.